Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for purpose-driven leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business and boardroom topics, trends, innovation, transformation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, I'm delighted to host Dr. Swarup Savanor. Dr. Swarup is a performance coach to elite international athletes as part of preparation for major international events for multiple sports, as well as for teams like Punjab Kings team, Indian football team, amongst many others. He's also the founder of My Mental Coach, a sport and allied peak performance organization for businesses and individuals to assist in peak performance and maximize potential of success, happiness, and inner satisfaction. We'll hear about all of this and what this means and how he does it. Welcome, Dr. Swarup. How are you doing today? Thanks, Stephen. I'm doing very fine. And thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's really a pleasure. Awesome. You know, Dr. Swarup, we've had a few conversations already, and I know where you're based, but for the purposes of our audience, tell us, where, where are you based? So I'm based in Pune, uh, which is about 100, 150-odd kilometers away from Mumbai, which are people that people know normally uh, in India. And it's a lovely uh, wrestling city uh, that I live in, and I'm born and brought up in this city. Uh, so this is where I am. Yeah, and and um, I mean this this time of the year is actually quite uh, uh, qu- quite a great great time. I know there's been a you know a major festival that uh, that's that's just passed through recently. So uh, how are you all ramping up towards uh, towards the end of the year? Yes, you said it right. Uh, this is the time where I think so we have our major festival of Diwali, the festival of lights, as people know it. And I think so it's the light within that uh, today we need to rekindle. And uh, it's also the time of the year where we start getting getting some cold weather from the north, from the Himalayas. And uh, the, the mood, therefore, is festive. There is that uh, nice sense of, uh, um, how can I put it, you know, of going out, wearing some lovely warm clothes and getting in the sun, which normally we are always there in the sun. But yeah. now in these next two, three months, we love to go in the sun in this cold weather. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's been good as we close to the nearing to the year end. Um, I think so. Looking forward to it. Yeah. And no, a wonderful kind of re-energizing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Wonderful. Dr. Swarup, keen to hear about, um, you know, performance coaching and so forth. But before that, let's let's talk about you. I mean, tell us about your your personal and uh, professional journey and um, how all of this came together. Yeah, it is. And I think so. It is. A, it's an interesting journey because I started my I am educated as a orthodontist. I've done my master's in dental surgery and orthodontics way back in 1998. My dad, my dad was an orthodontist. And at that time, there was no such career options that you could think of. There were no career counselors to go to. And for me, because I didn't have any other major interest that I had in mind, I naturally gravitated towards 
going to orthodontics. I did that, completed, I started my practice in 1998. And although I ran a very successful practice and it was really uh, enjoyable, earning a lot of money, uh, but I realized that something was missing. I realized I couldn't live in that um, 10 by 20, 10 by 30 kind of a square foot practice and, you know, the whole day. I needed to get out. And I also realized something triggered actually that caused me to change my approach towards what I want to do and what is going to give me that meaningful life. And it is that trigger point that actually changed my career. And uh, if you want, I would love to share a bit about it. Yeah, yeah, keen to hear about it. So ca carry on with keen to understand uh, how that transition from being an orthodontist <laughs> to where you are now. Absolutely. And it so happened that at that time, India was a different country from what it was today. At that time, Indians lacked the killer instinct. Probably Saurav Ganguly at that time had still not waved his shirt at the Lord's Gallery in England at the NatWest 2003 trophy. And you could say that the only thing, only body part missing in Indians at that time was guts. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a lot of talk about it around it. The Kargil war had happened. And at that impressionable age of 28, 29 years, there was a piece of news that came in the papers that was written by the chief of army staff that time. General Padmanabhan of the Indian Army. And he said, and I quote, that if we can't win at sports, we can't win wars. And it really struck me hard. I cut that uh, paper. And today I'm happy to say that after 21 years, that uh, newspaper cutting is on my wall and that inspires me every day. Because that is the day I realized, you know what, this is what I want to do in my life. Yeah. And that's the journey when I started. And when I started this journey, I, I, I then went to Switzerland because there was nothing called a sports psychology then. It is just a very, very new profession. Uh, psychology as a subject itself, you know, from a performance point of view was just about building. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to Switzerland. I did my uh, study over there. It was a one and a half year course. I came back and I thought that I would have a uh, red carpet welcome and forget uh, red there was no carpet at all <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and so to survive that journey and today to be here and whatever small work that I have done is very gratifying but is very satisfying but on a larger note what it also told me is that today people can really be what they want to be and they can actually do something that they can't imagine doing today and it's all about having that inspiration within yourself. And when you do that, you will circumvent all the challenges that you are going to come your way. I think so. For me, that was, uh, uh, that is the most gratifying point uh, in this journey is what I can say. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, to also put it in a funny way, you know, they say that you take your life to the next level. So I said, I say that I, yes, therefore I went from dental to mental, which is just six <laughs> inches up. I was just going to say that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, go, go on. Yes. So I think so. Uh, for me, this has been the journey so far and uh, it's been, it's been great. It's been uh, really fascinating to delve into the human psyche, to delve into human behavior, to delve mm -hmm. into thoughts, emotions, behavior, and how 
all these things are limiting or uh, allowing us to explore our own potential is just so fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and I think so. I'm just at the start of the journey. Yeah. No, wonderful. That's, a, that's such a wonderful um, description. And, you know, it's uh, as you were just describing, you know, you, you know, you're curious about one aspect of, um, uh, you know, this particular domain, you go and learn about it, and then you come back to bring that message. It does take a lot of time uh, because of the awareness and recognition so as you were describing right. about the red red carpet welcome, um, you know that that happens in strides over time. You know, yes. um, so uh, you know on that on that theme, you know definitely recognize that you are already doing a lot of elite uh, sorry uh, performance coaching to elite international athletes and teams. Right. Um, so keen to hear about how you got into that aspect, but also, mm. you know, you were describing about, you know, performance coaching um, and what it entails. So want to hear about specifically what that actually means and how you bring an audience like elite teams to um, uh, into into the mix. Mm. And, and it's a great question uh, because. I think so. For me, the approach of looking at it is the first step for athletes to start using it. And when I'm saying athletes, in a way, I think so, I would like to use this opportunity to talk on a more broader uh, audience base. Because I think so today, in a way, we are all athletes, whether yeah. you're actually playing a sport or not. An athlete is defined probably as a person who goes towards his goal uh, by optimizing his potential. Um, and I think so it's the same for everyone. And the approach towards the mental part or the performance part, I think so is very critical. Till now, we looked at psychology from a very therapy, help-based kind of a thought process. Now, the fact of the matter is that performance is also finally connected to your mindset. Mm. You might have the best technical training, you might have the best physical training, but if you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to go uh, beyond a certain limit. And therefore, performance is inherently connected to consistency of performance. And for you to have consistency for that performance, you need to have a consistent mindset. Yeah. Now, you can have a consistent body by going to the gym every day, but you can't have a consistent mindset because what's happening inside your mind is something that you are not even aware of. Yeah. For example, it's very common for athletes to, uh, you know, say that, you know, I, I don't know what happened to me. I, I got up. I just felt good about myself. There were no thoughts coming to me. There were no emotions as such. I went to the match and if it's cricket match, I just saw the ball. I was just serving so wonderfully. I was just putting so wonderfully that day that the ball was just going. I was not doing anything much. Mm. And but is that something that's replicating? It's not replicatable because it's something that happened to you within you, which you yourself are not aware of. Yeah. Your energy, your hormones, your your moods—all these are factored in when that mindset is there. But what can you do when it's not there? 
and therefore i normally do not applaud an athlete who will say you know so i i doc i really felt so good about myself today and i went and did this and this and i said that's great mm-hmm. i would rather applaud a player who says you know i was not in a great frame of mind i was mentally not there i don't know what happened to me my body was shaking i was just not getting that feeling i was not able to see the ball so many thoughts were coming to me and yet i could perform well i yeah. think so that's the difference today between good and great and yeah. performance coaching in a nutshell is all about that how can you be consistent in your mindset so that you can be consistent in your performances yeah it's it's such an interesting aspect isn't it because i'm i'm a, i'm a strong advocate of the mindset as well and you right. rightly said it's not just about athletes it's about uh people um across different um domains businesses individuals professionals whatever they are human beings in in essence yeah yes very true so uh, you know the other aspect that i took away here is you know you mentioned about therapy and it's not it's not about therapy it's about mental training as well so that that, that difference yes. between therapy and training and that consistency so i want to explore this a little bit more um mm. you know when we talk about mindset and we talk about feeling and so forth um you know a lot of it is also attributed towards the environment so mm. ha, you know when when you're under a lot of pressure and when you're under a lot of you know you, you think about a team or, or or even in a business or an individual you know when you're under a lot of pressure the environment lots of external factors here how do you train your mindset to be you know intact and mm. you know per your vision i know it's a very big question but um share your insights please just a little bit sure sure absolutely and it's a great great question that you've asked because it's very fine to talk about mental training and mindset training but what does it really mean uh, on a practical level as you give a example of an athlete maybe under pressure having those thoughts and emotions and Uh, what can he do about it is finally the bottom line and i think so that today you have got specific methods ways techniques strategies that you can apply to train your mind whenever you have those thoughts and emotions that come to you mm-hmm. now you talked about pressure and if you actually look about it in a more objective way what do we feel pressure about let's take an example of uh if you look at pressure pressure is generally about fear right yeah, absolutely some, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah pressure is about fear pressure is about that sense of insecurity mm-hmm. pressure is about not knowing what's going to happen ahead so generally speaking pressure is always about the future no and it can be of any type but it's all about the future about how i'm going to perform well about what if the boss is going to uh, you know not liking me it's about you know what uh, if i uh, what if uh, the partner says no to me in the relationship that i am in so mm-hmm. all these things are going to build pressure on you and whenever you feel that sense of pressure your body without you your mind rather without you being aware is going to trigger a set of default thoughts and emotions 
and these default thoughts and emotions are actually not in your control yeah those thoughts and emotions are default based on your personality based on your genetics based on your prior experiences and therefore when you experience those things suddenly in times of pressure you just don't realize what's happening to you your body uh, you know your stomach might get upset your thoughts you are thinking overthinking you're not able to sleep you're not able to eat and you are just somebody that you don't recognize at all and that's why you feel that sense of lack of control about your own self mm. and that leads obviously to how you are going to rationalize those options that are there in front of you rationalize decision making and therefore probably make mistakes or you know not be your own self when you are make taking those decisions and mm. that's what pressure does to you yeah. and i think so therefore understanding what pressure is doing to you is the first step towards solving what pressure can do to you yeah. and therefore as i always say self awareness is the key to self improvement yeah. it's so critical for us to first understand about our mind before we start working on it but once we start working on it knowing that we do not have a choice over these default thoughts and emotions that are nevertheless going to come to you you surely have a choice on what you can do once they come to you yeah and that's where the mental training part comes to yeah so whenever you're faced with those thoughts what can you do something about it absolutely you can do something about it whenever you're faced with those emotions that start flowing through your body because of those uh, hormones from your pituitary gland that are now suddenly secreting out yes you can do something to close that tap Yeah. and it is these tick marks that you do for each of those elements about the thinking part about the cognitive part about the feeling part and then about the behavior part as a result of these three things by control is these three things you're controlling behavior you're controlling the outcome and that's how you close that loop of fear that's yeah. how you circumvent fear yeah yeah it's and, it's such a such a uh, uh, enlightening way of describing it and you know the takeaways uh, for me and and I'm I'm fully an advocate of this because I I see this not only with other people but even with me I'm a human being you know so yeah yeah uh, it, it definitely happens to me as well yes so, absolutely so um the self awareness aspect is such an important piece because if you yeah. if you don't make that effort to become even self aware then there's a problem with the how you know half the problem is self awareness um and then the second aspect uh, that i took away was you know making that choice as well you know mm. you have you have yeah. the choice um you know how to deal with it and then obviously the solutions which is the, the the you know the training aspect you know you you can actually get the uh, you know the, the 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 training aspects the thinking the cognitive aspects in 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 motion once you know how to do yeah. all of this yes very true very true and just to add to this stephen because i think so you said that self awareness is half of the battle one i would say uh, that self awareness is actually 90% of the battle one Mm. you're right because on a yeah yeah uh, because on a practical level when i work with leaders when i work with elite athletes the biggest problem that i see is their inability to look at their own vulnerable selves mm. because you reach a particular position in your life through your talent through your ability you are you 
will find it difficult to accept your own mental weaknesses. You might accept areas of technical improvement. You might aspect areas of physical improvement. You might want to go and you know learn something. But when it comes to your mind, you are not expected to have these negative thoughts or you know have these vulnerabilities of your mind. And yeah. I think so. That's what makes it difficult for people to really, really change. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 true. And I, I remember, you know, my first experience of this, you know, you know, if I look at it in the last 15 years, about uh, about 10 years ago, I mean, I was, you know, in business world as well, you know, facing right. these issues and, and also, you know, how to deal with leaders and, you know, the yeah. pressures that they face and so forth. And yeah. Hmm. You know, several years ago, I was at uh, Harvard Business School and I met Dr. Daniel Goldman and, you know, about emotional hmm. intelligence and, you know, he's got his framework yes. and, and so forth. And self-awareness was one of his big pieces. And I had an opportunity to speak with him and he came hmm. and spoke to the, the entire entire team. And these concepts, these concepts are not new, but it resonated hmm. with me, you know, even more <laughs> when when somebody actually talks a little bit more about self-awareness and some of the different uh, domains of it as well. So right. all of this I relate to. And right. what I see with many leaders, with many individuals is the lack of that understanding. And yeah. they don't know how to deal with it aspect, which yeah. is where I'm seeing, you know, performance coaching in its broader sense addresses and and you you, know, you are an expert in that so I'm, I'm quite keen to just hear you know can you share maybe a story that has resulted in a highly positive outcome I know you touched on a few few aspects but is there anything that you can mm. share from your experience that uh, that has resulted sure. in a highly positive outcome absolutely But something that comes very recently in mind that touches my heart and gives me that great sense of satisfaction is about a 22-year-old athlete uh, from a small uh, uh, city in the north of India. And uh, he he had a call and he was obviously um, not in his own cell. You, can make, you could make that out from the way he was talking. And he was a shooter and um, he was an national uh, level kind of a champion about three years back before COVID struck. And after that, just uh, two months before this call, he had lost both his parents. Uh, as well as I think so one more member of the family. Right. And uh, uh, he wanted to get back to uh, the sport uh, with the right uh, mindset. And it so happened that we started as sessions and the first tournament he went, uh, he went he won the gold over there. And for me, uh, I think so, the joy was not about winning the gold. I think so, the joy was about him realizing that he has got an opportunity to get back. He has got an opportunity to realize his dreams after all the things that he has seen. And for me, as a performance coach, it, it was that great satisfaction and that emotional high, even as a coach, from a human being point, point of view, where I, I could hear those words, you know, with that sense of um, uh, emotion, which probably I cannot even describe over here. Mm -hmm. And it might be a small tournament, you know, just at a national level for him. But I think so. it was a very big step. 
and yeah. i think so therefore these kind of small moments that i have been uh, that i i get every month every week are are more probably something that i love to you know share because i think so these are the moments where athletes really discover their own potential and look towards realizing even greater dreams yeah. uh, from a team point of view i can surely share about my stint with the vidarbha ranji team and i was with them for 3 years and ranji is equivalent to first division cricket in england and when i went there the last time this team had uh, uh, won anything was in 1974 75 very long time back when they were in the quarters uh, when they had reached the quarter finals but afterwards they never even qualified yeah and for me when i went there uh, i realized that uh, i needed to get over fear so we had a lot of conversations about fear and i was i'm talking about 20 20 euros from a slightly rural background of maharashtra so mm-hmm. uh, in india so it's very even difficult to have these kind of conversations with <laughs> the athletes yeah. but to develop that into a training program to develop some on court work along with some fantastic coaches who were very supportive of the, supportive of this factor and the management too without which i cannot do all these things uh, eventually uh, in the third year they uh, topped all the formats qualified in all the formats from t20 one day to test uh, to the four day game mm-hmm. and in the next year they became the champions board champions in terms of big outcomes i can say that i have had many over so many years and it's been a privilege and a blessing to experience those moments of joy that the athlete shares after their wins uh very recently i can surely share uh, something uh, because it is connected to the pride of the country and that's always special when uh, one of my athletes priyanka she won the silver at the commonwealth games uh, that was uh, recently held in uh, england and it was the first time that a walker uh, uh, won a medal in the last 25 years so that was special uh, then i had one about 6 years back when one of my athletes also won the asian championships the first ever he won a gold uh, in wrestling and that was very special uh, currently uh, also my uh, one of my athletes who is uh, india number 1 and world top 10 badminton player and he's also gone on to win a lot of uh, goals for uh, for the country and all these are of course special but there are also special moments when an athlete comes and suddenly shares the joy of you know playing confidently and uh, 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 you know being fearless and playing the way they always wanted to and i think so those are bigger outcomes from a mental point of view because those are more process oriented and there is a great sense of a joy and satisfaction that whatever strategies or the mental training parts are working so i think so these are also some wonderful stories uh, from teams that i think uh, gave such a wonderful outcome and it's really a very very satisfying part of this journey actually Yeah, amazing, Doctor Swarup. That's uh, you. Uh, you know that's that's uh, really positive to see that transition. You know that shift of yeah. those yeah. individuals, those teams, and you know that is yeah. such a it must be such a great satisfaction to them as well. And and obviously, it hence is performance. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. So uh, I'm keen to hear. You know, we you know when we look at 
external factors, broader things like pandemic and, you know, the current economic situation, whether it's felt uh, within where you are or even globally. Uh, do you have a view on how that actually impacts, you know, performance coaching or what you do? It, it has. Uh, I think so. I can see a shift in the way people are looking at their lives. Mm. Uh, I can see, uh, I, I feel that people, it's not only about the, about the money today. I think so, it's all about happiness and fulfillment. And I think so in the post COVID world, these are the two narratives that are going to drive people and motivate people uh, into giving their best in whatever they are doing. Yeah. Uh, because opportunities are there now, but I think so. The question is, will I be happy in the opportunities that I'm getting? Mm -hmm. And therefore, for leaders and for uh, organizations as well as for teams, how do you align your thoughts with the thoughts of your team? I think so is the greatest challenge that I feel organizations have because people now have and are looking at their work from a very different mindset. So do we have that outside in perspective that I feel leaders and decision makers should have? That is number one. Yeah. Uh, the second challenge that I've, I'm seeing that uh, uh, how can leaders or teams deal with cross-cultural challenges? The fact of the matter is that today we are living in a very diverse world. Yeah. And how can we become more sensitive to cross-cultural needs is a very, very determining factor for performance, productivity, and success mm -hmm. for their team, whether at the corporate level or even at the, at the elite sports level. Mm -hmm. For example, I've worked, I've, I was with the uh, Punjab Kings IPL team for two years, and we had athletes from different nationalities, from West Indians to Australians to English players, to Indian senior and junior players. Mm -hmm. And how do you, as leaders, how do you, as a leadership group, how do you understand these differing needs and then yet make them be a cohesive unit when they're playing? Yeah. is such an important, but actually such a difficult part that actually people don't realize. Yeah. And I think so that's the reason why you have got so many performance coaches also now becoming a part of elite training. Yeah. And the same with the corporate world. And I'm sure, Stephen, that you, of course, are so, have got so much of experience in the corporate world. Uh, will, I think, so connect to this cross-cultural challenge that I think yeah. so today's leaders have. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. Uh, I, 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 everything that you've just mentioned here um, are, are challenges. And I can definitely relate to some of those cross-cultural aspects as well. Um, right. Businesses don't recognize that you know it's right uh, and 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 by that i mean you know it's every day just go and execute your strategy without really really stepping back and thinking about the mm. human cultural aspects the diversity aspects you know the um diversity with a capital d and not just from a gender perspective but from a thinking yeah, yeah. from a cultural so many things you know um, that that is that is lacking and it all comes down to also individuals and leaders you know as to how yeah. they're positioning their their companies and their talents their workforce and you mentioned about ways of working and trends that they've changed so that has got a big impact on the challenges and how uh, you address them 
these days Very true. because it, the mode of working has changed mode of doing things have changed so yeah. therefore there is a big uh, you know big emphasis on 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 how, you know performance itself Yes, very true. And I think so an additional uh, point that I can make over here, uh, apart from these two is, how do you recognize performers? How do you identify and how do you make performers actually perform? Mm. Uh, especially in the corporate world, or let us look at teams, for example. Uh, let us say a player is not doing well for three matches. How do you evaluate performance? Is a very critical and how do you communicate that to the athlete is a very important part of that athlete either continuing to suffer, probably getting out of the team with a very negative uh, kind of a outlook towards either the leadership group or even about himself, about his own performance. And what can leaders do to make these non-performers become performers? Yeah. Now, in a, in a team, the need for a non-performing athlete or a person or a unit to become a performer is much more Im immediate. Uh, it is much more visible. The success is much more visible. But mm -hmm. I think so in the corporate level, we see so many people and I've, I've talked to so many leaders and HRs and they're talking about non-performers mm -hmm. uh, that are there. And, you know, it's uh, actually uh, reducing the productivity of teams. But we don't realize that it's incumbent upon the leadership, it's an incumbent upon us to make non-performers performers. Because yeah. I truly believe that there is no reason for any person to not to perform to his potential. It's an inherent human need to be happy about performance. Yeah, yeah. It's a human need. I want to be happy when I go back home and sleep because I did a good job today. Yeah. Why wouldn't anybody want to do that? Yeah. How can you create that environment, that culture that will allow non-performers to become good performers is the key critical question to ask. Yeah. Today, when we, it's very easy to tag a person, a non-performer, and therefore, you know, give him a notice period and, you know, maybe uh, tell him to leave. But mm -hmm. think about, even in a corporate world, think about the vetting process that has happened through which that, uh, that person has come into a company probably had those interviews, vetted through that process, and now he's part of the company. Why would this uh, guy not be a performer? Yeah. Yeah. Right? So I think so we need to minutely start looking at performance um, uh, areas and how we can empower people to become performers because there's a natural need for everyone to be performing well. Yeah. It's it's a it's an end to end, right? It's not just sitting at yeah. one one end of the, uh, the 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 strand. It's 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 an end to end piece, and completely agree with you. Yeah, uh, Dr. Swarup, we're coming to a close now. Um, yeah. keen to hear any 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 other messages that you have for leaders or a challenge to teams, individuals um, that you'd like to share here. Um. I feel for leaders, my message is first to listen. I think so. Leaders need to really listen. And sometimes our minds prevents us from listening because we have got our own narratives that are working in our mind. And unless we empathetically listen, we are not going to identify problems and areas of challenge in our organization or in a team. So that is one. Second is to inherently trust. 
I think so. Trust is such a critical component, and today we, it's very easy to break trust or very easy to uh, define people as trusty but uh, trustworthy or untrustworthy. But I think so. We need to inherently trust people in our organization with whom we work with, knowing that they want to do well. It's for us to help them to get the job done well. I think so. That's the second thing. And especially with leaders, I would surely say that it's all about improving not only the areas that are outwardly, but it's also about improving your own mindset. And we are all humans finally, and we need to keep improving our mindset. And I want people to master their mental game. I think so today opportunities are everywhere, but do we have the mindset to maximize those opportunities is the play over here. And I feel people today have access to mental training. You don't have to go for therapy, but you can surely train your mind the way you train your body to become the best that you can be and actually even go beyond what you think is impossible today. And mm -hmm. I think so that's where even that is a realization for me too uh, in this journey over the last 18 years. And therefore, I've started my company, My Mental Coach, which is a mental training company, not therapy, but helping athletes, individuals, corporates, students be the best that they can be. And I think so that's the message that I would like to share with everyone here, that you've got the opportunity to be the best that you can be. And it's, don't let go of this opportunity. Enlightening wisdom from Dr. Swaroop. Thank you very much for being with us, Dr. Swaroop, and for sharing your journey, but also these great insights on performance and what it actually means and how we as human beings, individuals, can actually take this on board. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much, Stephen. It was wonderful having this chat with you. It's a wonderful podcast. And thanks again. It was wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, folks, thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode where we hear from an entrepreneur and founder on climate tech and how she's making a difference globally. Stay tuned. Hey, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You're now seeing this part of the video also because you consume some of my content, insights and teachings. Maybe you've been to my LinkedIn page or website or seen other social media ads or listened to my podcast. I'm Stephen Paul, a business and transformational executive coach, strategic advisor, leader and board member. I've been in diverse roles, corporate executive, entrepreneur and worked with businesses and firms of all sizes, built and launched businesses, created high impact boards and so forth in four continents. I get it. I've been there, done that. But what is different is I bring a unique perspective and a playbook. I've helped 100 plus business leaders just like you to scale and align their leadership top teams, the board and overall business for growth. Leaders like Ivana from medium sized company in the EU who grew 150% and expanded globally in under five months. After she started to work with me over facilitated session, sessions in an initial three days, I helped fine tune their strategy and align their leadership team and board to be a cohesive driving force to achieve their dreams and outcomes. I wanna teach you the same thing. 
and more on how to scale and align your leadership team and board so you can increase your business growth and value. Get clarity on what is the next right strategy for you. There are multiple ways we can work with you. Number one, click the link for a free non-obligatory 60-minute initial strategic session. Let's get a feel for your dreams, your vision, your challenges, and let me convert that into a route map for you where we can co-develop and co-pilot. Number two, enroll in an innovative and intuitive digital online course that I have curated, created to help you transform. It's called Unshakable Resilience. It is the ultimate program for individuals and business leaders like you who want to be equipped at a personal and professional level to respond to any form of challenges or in crisis situations and take on opportunities with grit, resilience, and build a mindset of success. In essence, you want to be unshakable, thrive in crisis, take on opportunities in the face of adversity, and build a success mindset. So click the link below to learn more on how I can personally help you individually and your firm to scale and align your leadership team and business and pivot in a transformational way. And for you to experience this, whatever the challenge you're facing, get in touch with me. Let's discuss and I will share my insight rapidly to enable your transformation. Click the links below.